Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Hi, and welcome to episode number 249 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a tennis mindset for success. And as with so many topics that have been covered here on the podcast and in other content all around the internet, this has much more to do with really all of life, but it, it spills over into tennis so much. And this one mindset, having it or not having it, or rather how you respond to what we're going to talk about today, really, in my opinion, more than anything else, determines whether or not you become stagnant and hit a plateau in any given area of life, tennis included, or you continue to improve. It has nothing to do with talent, has nothing to do with innate skill, doesn't even have, it has even really very little to do with how much you practice or the quality of your coaching. This one mindset is unbelievably important. We're going to get to that in just a second. First, I'd like to dedicate this episode to somebody named Jonathan McMillan. I heard from Jonathan's father a little bit earlier today. He was telling me about his son who's 13, uh, loves tennis, and loves listening to the podcast before he goes to bed at night. And uh, I just thought that was awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for your support as a listener. I appreciate you very much. Keep up the amazing work with your tennis. So, Today's episode, I want to start off with a story. Just earlier today, today is Friday, December, I think it's 16th, and we had a live coaching session for our Essential Tennis Academy students a little bit earlier today. And the focus topic of the day was talking about using different doubles formations, like the Australian formation or the I formation or double back formation. And It struck me all of a sudden as we were talking about a particular topic having to do with that uh, area of doubles that probably most of our listeners, or or viewers rather, it was a video, most of our viewers probably hadn't even ventured out to use any of those tactics before. And I actually asked uh, Kirby and Ira to, to make a guess on the spot. How many out of our Essential Tennis Academy students who are you know, hands down, some of the most driven, focused, passionate tennis players on the face of the earth. How many do you guys think? Uh, what percentage of these people do you think are actually using this tactic, which is like an incredibly powerful tactic, you, totally switching things up and using a different formation in doubles? I <laughs> I was very generous and guessed fit about half of our viewing audience has used formations. Um, Ira was surprised at my answer. So is Kirby. Kirby gets 15%. Ira, Ira gets 10%. And upon further reflection, they're probably closer to accurate. Most ten, out of your average amateur group of tennis players, uh, club players, recreational players, amateur players, whatever you want to call them, players that uh, inhabit your, your local courts, there's no doubt that only a couple percentage points of those players players who aren't even necessarily super dedicated and driven have even tried those kinds of tactics. Now, there's such it's such an obvious thing to do to change up the pace of play, make make your opponents try a different shot. Tactically, it's a really obvious play. So, why is it that so few players have ever ventured out and done this? And if you're listening and you're a doubles player, 
chances are that you've never used Australian Australian formation in a match or I formation in a match. Now, the the listeners of this show you know, are much more focused and willing to step out on a limb and do these things uh, than your average player. So, many of you listening have tried it, but understand, just think about your peers. And I, I know that you can immediately picture what I'm talking about. Most will would rather go down with the ship and continue using the same tactics, point after point, game after game, even though they're clearly not working, then break out of their comfort zone and do something different. So why is that? Well, we're hardwired to stay in those comfort zones. Doing something different than what we're used to, whatever our comfort zone is, whatever we're familiar with, is a scary thing. And that goes for tennis, that goes for our professional or work lives, you know, uh, it goes for our relationships and our, our personal lives. Doing something fundamentally different from the way we normally do it is something that most people will avoid because it's it's a scary thing to go out there and do something different. We, will, we don't want to try something different and fail. We don't want to look dumb in front of other people. And in, in the doubles, uh, scenario. We don't want to let our partners down either. We don't want to let our teammates down. And so we stick with what's safe, tactically speaking and shot selection speaking, even if we can uh, look at it objectively, if that was possible, and tell that it's really not working. So this leads to the same technique for years or even decades in many, many cases at our local courts and at our local clubs. It leads to the same strategy and the same tactics for decades by most of the players that you see playing at your local courts. And so ultimately what those things lead to is the exact same level of play for month after month, year after year, even decade after decade. Most players at your local courts haven't made any fundamental uh, improvements is certainly not big leaps in their in their uh, level of play. A few players do, and and few players break out. And we're going to talk about why that is. Now, uh, just to be clear, and I feel like I say this just about uh, every time I sit down to record one of these episodes. If you, if you're happy with that, if those players are are totally content just hitting the ball just to get some exercise get some fresh air and spend time with people that they enjoy spending time with it's a social thing it's an exercise thing if they're totally content with that then great truly happy for those people for uh, to be able to have the opportunity to go out and have those experiences and that being said this show the Essential Tennis Podcast has always been and always will be about improvement. And I have to assume that that's why you're listening. You, you're you not content to just hit the ball. You want to hit the ball a little better than last time. And the time after that, you want to hit it a little bit better again. And it doesn't always work that linearly, of course, but uh, we want to see consistent improvement. That's why I do what I do as a coach, and that's what you do what you do as a as a player. And do, doing something as crazy as subscribing to an audio podcast about tennis improvement. So I want to help you avoid that that pitfall, and I want to help you avoid those plateaus becoming stagnant in your game. And 
so as we were talking about uh, the, the percentages during this live video broadcast, it reminded me of a quote that I posted on my personal Facebook wall just an hour before that broadcast. And it's a quote by Dr. Brene Brown. Um, she is... I believe a psychiatrist, but a researcher and an author. Uh, you may recognize her name. She has one of the top five most viewed TED Talks of all time. Uh, TED Talks are kind of those, those little snippets of uh, wisdom on all kinds of different topics about technology and, and life and uh, relationships and performance and all kinds of different things. So she was recently on an, an episode of the Tim Ferriss podcast, which is one of my personal favorites. And she said on that podcast episode, he or she who is willing to be the most uncomfortable is not only the bravest, but also rises the fastest. Um, I'll just repeat that one more time just uh, for emphasis in case you missed any of that. He or she who is willing to be the most uncomfortable is not only the bravest, but also rises the fastest. And so this really, really in all walks of life, but tennis included, it's all about being okay with leaving those comfortable places, whether it be tactically or technically or, or with anything else. Another quote, and I'm paraphrasing, this is not a direct quote, uh, but something else, something else uh, another general topic that she was talking about in that episode was courage. And she made the point that courage is not the absence of fear. In fact, they go hand in hand. If there wasn't any fear, then it wouldn't really be a courageous act, whatever it is, uh, in the first place. And so I want to push you to have courage to do something different in your game because it's only through fundamental changes that worthwhile improvements happen. Again, it's only through fundamental changes, whether tactically, tactically or technically, that worthwhile improvements happen. Now, you can do basically the same thing, match after match, practice after practice, lesson after lesson. You can follow the same you know, general guidelines, the same general uh, uh, swing paths, the same general tactics, and you can get better at exec executing those same fundamental basic things, and you, and you can move up you know, a little bit within the level you're already at, but please know that moving full level to one full level to the next full level above only happens through fundamental changes. You have to change something. And to change something, you have to do something different. We have to leave that comfort zone. And that takes courage because it's a scary thing to do something different than what we're already comfortable with. So I, I wrote a quick, or just a quick list of things in tennis that take courage in your improvement journey. Thing number one that came to mind for me under the, the general uh, header of technique is video analysis. <laughs> so this is why such a small percentage of players have yet to see themselves on video. This is something I've been talking about for like oh, literally over a decade now. It's been easy to use digital video for many, many years now. In fact, we all have high quality video cameras in our pockets with all kinds of software to do frame by frame video analysis, but most players have never done that. And most coaches still don't do that. It's because that's a scary thing. You have to be 
open enough to be willing to see what the reality is. And so that it takes courage to do video analysis. I totally uh, understand that and respect that. This is a, one of the most powerful improvement tools there is, but most players have never done it. Um, how about committing to a new technique? Maybe a different grip on your serve or different follow-through, finished position on your forehand ground stroke, whatever it is. It feels different. And so at first, a new a technique change feels, quote, wrong. It feels weird. It feels strange. It's because, not because it's the wrong technique, but simply because it's different from what you're used to. It's all a relative experience. So committing to that new change, that new technique, that new grip, that new way of swinging the racket in and of itself takes courage because it's it feels uncomfortable. It feels foreign at first. Uh, within doubles, using formations, just a totally different way of starting the points. It'd be easy to think that you look silly if you try it and then you lose the points. We don't want we don't we want to avoid that failure. We want to avoid that embarrassment. So most players never try it. Using signals, same thing. There's this uh, perception that using signals, you think you're some kind of uh, hotshot or tennis goody two shoes because you're uh, trying to copy high level, you know, things like using signals. And so if you lose, there's a fear of embarrassment there. Or serve and volley. There's a, a fear around doing something as offensive and aggressive and assertive as serve and volley. Many players never really give it a fair chance because it's so different from playing it safe and serving and just waiting for an obvious opportunity to come in. That's much more comfortable and is within most players' comfort zone. And within singles, how about playing pushers, playing defensive players, a type of opponent that makes everybody uncomfortable. It exposes weaknesses. And so we would rather avoid playing those players instead of calling them up and saying, hey, can you come play a match with me? Because you know it's challenging, right? something that takes some courage because you have to put yourself in a situation in a position where you know you're going to struggle against that player and in singles short sitters uh, last uh, specific thing that i thought of right away most players struggle with that shot and so they won't practice it they'll avoid it and just wait to get it in matches instead because it's an awkward shot because they don't have the tools because they have not put themselves in a position to develop those tools by doing something different. So those are just a few quick examples that came to mind for me right away. Please understand, it's not a weakness to be afraid of those things. It's not a weakness to be apprehensive about video analysis. It's not a weakness to be anxious about trying signals for the first time or formations or committing to a new technique. It's completely normal and natural and human to be anxious about doing those, th those different things differently. The difference between you and that player at your, at your local courts who skyrocketed in level is not the absence of feeling scared about the challenge. Please understand that. It's not the absence of feeling scared about the challenge. We, we, all, we all feel those feelings when we're met with something new, a new challenge in particular. The difference is not whether or not we feel those things. The difference is in how we respond to those situations. Some players choose to let those challenges keep them firmly in their comfort zone. And so they plateau and they don't improve. 
other players choose to be uncomfortable purposefully. And as a result, they're able to grow and develop as players. Again, that quick uh, quote by Brene Brown was, he or she who is willing to be the most uncomfortable is not only the bravest, but also rises the fastest. I really recommend that you check her out. If you just go to YouTube and uh, do a search for Brene Brown, and that's uh, B-R-E-N-E, Brene Brown, uh, you'll see all kinds of videos of her uh, on YouTube, really, really insightful stuff on relationships and uh, vulnerability and all kinds of scary stuff like that. Uh, so ch- check her out. Um, I mentioned uh, Tim Ferriss as well. He's probably my favorite audio podcast right now. Um, all about successful people in all different walks of life, high performers in all different walks of life. Very, very informative. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. Uh, gives you a little bit of different perspective on challenges, not only in tennis, but the rest of, of life as well. Because it really is... It really is all the same stuff. And if you found this helpful, do me a favor and just tell somebody else about this podcast, uh, a teammate or doubles partner or somebody that you, that you hit with uh, that's maybe on your team at your local courts or your local club. There's many, many players out there who, like you, are looking for a way to get better. And I would appreciate it if you'd share this resource with them. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.